It's time for Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group with financial advisors Kevin Corhorn, Mike Bernard, and Josh Gregory. Wise Money is brought to you by the attorneys at South Bank Legal, First State Bank, Diane Bennett and the Inspired Homes team, and Bethel University Adult and Graduate Studies. Welcome to another episode of Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group, where every week we're helping you take your next wise step in your financial life. Thank you so much for being with us. My name is Mike Bernard. I am your host. I'm also one of the certified financial planners on the show. With me in the KFG studios, Joshua Gregory and certified financial planner, Amy Masters. Yes, welcome, Amy. And happy Independence Day to you, friends. I hope the 4th of July was a great holiday for you and your loved ones. I also hope you took a moment to give thanks for what this holiday symbolizes in our nation's history and in our nation's present as well. Yeah. But uh, what better theme for today's show than celebrating freedom in your financial life? In fact, today we'll share four declarations of financial independence that we think you should embrace for your great future. I just want to tell you, you know, it's it's a holiday week. It's the middle of the summer. Most of the shows are taking a break. They're doing reruns. No, folks, this is fresh. <laughs> That's right. So we are here serving you, and I'm excited. We're excited to talk about these four declarations of financial independence. If you have a question for the show, we've got a couple great ones um, that were texted in and emailed in that we're going to be hitting in the second half of the program. We'd love to hear from you. 574-222-2000. You can call or text 574 574- 222-2000. Leave your question that way. Online, wisemoneyradio.com. There's a spot right there on the right where you can submit a question. That's what Mike did. And that becomes an email, goes right to me. And oftentimes I can just reply to you right there and say, hey, here's the answer. And we'll talk about it on an upcoming show. And then social media, uh, I would just encourage you to to like and share that content. Follow us in those mediums as well so that uh, you're up to date on all of the content on Facebook and and Twitter and YouTube. Just search Wise Money Show. And again, I'd encourage you to subscribe to it so you get all of the content right there as soon as it's available. So, all right. Well, like Josh said, happy, happy 4th. Yeah. How was it? It was good. Uneventful? I thankfully we had enough uh, mosquito repellent oh, and all that. To, <laughs> the mosquitoes are bad this year. I They're know. the size of pterodactyls. <laughs> yes, it's dangerous out there. That's right. I know. But it's always so nice to be able to get together with family, though, and yes, nice, nice long weekend. That's right. Well, I think this time of year especially brings out the patriot in all of us. But I, I just, as I was thinking about what to cover on today's show, I got to thinking that this this grand revolt that started started about taxes. I mean, so it's really not that big of a leap to say we're going to spend time right now talking about financial independence. Guys, that was the entire idea from the beginning mm-hmm. was our country started because there was a revolt against the the significant taxes imposed by the people here on the people here by a different country. So anyway, think about that as we've got important elections coming up. And as you think about, uh, you know, barbecuing and all that sort of stuff. No, this whole thing started because of financial freedom. So that's what we're going to talk about today. Financial independence. Absolutely. I, I feel like we don't use that phrase often enough, even though Every single week, we try to bring you topics that all orbit around uh, this idea of financial independence or financial freedom. 
And we hope that we can inspire you to take action or make change that will bring more freedom in your life, ultimately. And, you know, to me, that looks like more choice in your life, mm-hmm. more decisions, more control over your financial future. Uh, I- instead of letting your own past decisions or someone else's prerogative determine what kind of financial choices you're going to be to be making. And of course, um, you know, we can't start a show about financial independence without at least reminding you that in our completely biased opinion, the best way to reach financial independence, maybe the only way to reach financial independence is through financial planning, taking a comprehensive look at your financial life and rethinking how you think about money. That's right. Yeah, that's right. That's right. And I got to tell you, just listening to you say that, oftentimes you can think that going through uh, a formal financial planning relationship, well, geez, I don't want to do that. Someone's just going to tell me no. Someone's actually going to then limit what I could do. Or I, I want freedom. And actually, it's going through the financial planning process that brings that brings freedom. And so uh, that's that's a that's a great segue, Josh. Well, as I was thinking about financial independence, actually, we use that term a lot as a you know synonym for retirement, which we'll get to that. But I was thinking there's four key areas that in our experience, we've just seen people struggle with bondage. And so how can you declare financial freedom in these different areas? And so we're going to go through these four declarations of financial independence. And the first one, I'm assuming isn't going to be a big surprise for you guys, is the first declaration of financial independence that you need to declare is independence from credit cards. Yeah, you're exactly right. I mean, credit cards create such bondage for people. It's such a slippery slope. It can start by just, uh, you know, one month is a little tight, so it goes on a credit card, and then it just keeps snowballing to a point that a lot of times people don't really look at it until it's gotten completely out of control. So credit card, you know, a lot of that really comes down to just not managing where you want your money to go. You're kind of letting your money control you. And you can kind of physically tell when someone is weighted down by credit card debt. And you absolutely don't want that when you're looking at financial freedom. I, th- I think you're absolutely right. In fact, I, w- I was trying to have a little mini debate in my mind wondering, is there any financial product out there that has created more financial bondage or less financial freedom in people's lives other than credit cards. I, I, again, I'm stuck, though, I'm, and I didn't think about this ahead of time. Now we're just talking about it. My, my brain is stuck on this idea that, yeah, sometimes, like Amy said, you, you'll use a credit card because, oh, something popped up or something like that. But oftentimes it's you actually are reaching for the credit card because you want freedom. Hey, yeah, I want this now, mm-hmm. and I've got this freedom of choice, and so eh, it'll work out. It'll be fine, and so I've, I'm going to exercise my freedom to use this credit card and get this thing, and you don't realize you're actually signing up, in many cases, for bondage because it yeah. is that slippery slope. <laughs> many people have just swiped the card and paid it off, and then you're good, um, but it is such a slippery slope, so that's, I don't know. That, I'm struck by that idea. Absolutely. It's it's ironic to me. It actually 
angered me. I got a credit card offer in the mail just recently, and it was called, I'm not going to say the name of the bank, but the Bank Freedom Card. Mm. And I thought, well, wow, that's some catchy uh, marketing there, but it's the anti-freedom card, really. Yeah, it gives you freedom to just spend now and deal with the consequences later, but those consequences don't go away until you force them to go away. You eventually have to pay that debt back. And, you know, we've talked in the past about how the average credit card balance is over six grand and the interest rate is over 15%. So you talk about a product that can really kind of bleed you uh, of a lot of interest and uh, create a lot of, um, I, I guess, lack of freedom in your life. This is a this is a big one. To me, I think it's important to talk about, well, how do you get out of credit card debt if you're in it? Yeah. Because you, you may have made some mistakes. You may have had some emergency happen. You never would have thought that, boy, the balance got that high or I accumulated that many of them. The only way to get out of the debt is first step, stop using them, right? And we help a lot of folks develop a budget uh, for their financial life. And many times getting on a cash-based system helps them kind of break the habit of initially turning to the credit card every time they have some sort of a, a financial transaction in their life. I know, thinking one of the most powerful meetings I think I've ever had with a client, she was sitting there and said, these credit cards have controlled me too long, and she cut them up right in the meeting. That's cool. Uh, So she, uh, we, you know, built a budget, we had a game plan for what what life would look like without those credit cards, so she was prepared. But she cut them up in the meeting, I think she was crying, I was crying, (laughs) and it was incredible. Oh, that's awesome. But you could just see the weight lifted off. So yeah, don't use the credit cards anymore if that's creating bond into your life, but you also have to have a game plan, the budget, some type of cash system, uh, $1,000 in emergency fund, something that you can rely on so you don't have to fall back on that credit card. Yeah, we're actually going to, I, I think I want to um, go into this a little bit a little bit further, but yes, you've got to first stop using the credit. If, if this is an area of bondage for you. You've got to stop using credit cards, go to cash basis. Then you've got to figure out that budget to see, all right, well, let's make sure we know where we need to cut, where we need to adjust. But then you also then need to deal with the credit cards. So mm-hmm. so that's part of the prevention process. You then need to deal with the credit cards. That's what I want to spend a little bit more time on. Then these three other declarations of financial independence that we want to encourage you to take today. So that and more coming up here on Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group. This is Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group. Happy 4th of July weekend, and we're going to talk about snowballs here in just a second. <laughs> so thanks for being with us. This is Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group. My name's Mike Bernard. Here with me in, G- in the KFG studios, Joshua Gregory and Amy Masters. want to say thank you to the attorneys at South Bank Legal for making the Wise Money Show possible. Thank you very much, as well as First State Bank. We couldn't do it without you. Thank you very much. If you have any questions... We'd love to hear from you. We want to talk about what you're thinking about, what you're dealing with in your financial life. So you can call or text us, 574-222-2000. That's 574-222-2000. WiseMoneyRadio.com. 
is how you find us online. Every previous episode's right there as well, but then you can also submit a question right there on the right. And then, of course, you can submit questions through social media as well. Facebook and YouTube and Twitter, just search Wise Money Show, and you can um, submit a question right there. We'll uh, receive it, and we'll tackle it on an upcoming program. With it being the 4th of July weekend, and since this whole idea of America started with a a financial independence, sort of financial revolt against taxes, we're talking about the four declarations you need to make in your financial life to achieve financial independence. And we're still on the first one. It is the logical place to start, and that is declaring financial independence from credit cards. So... Many of you don't struggle with this, and that's that's great. Um, but it's a slippery slope, and a lot of younger folks might try to dip their toes in, and then all of, all of a sudden they're stuck in this bondage as well. If you're listening or know someone um, that has uh, bondage or problems with credit cards, we mentioned last segment, you first need to get on a cash basis, and then you need to build a budget to make sure you right the ship and that you're not reaching for credit cards in the future. But then you've got to deal with the credit cards. What's the right way, Amy, to deal with the credit card debt? Yeah, I think a great place to start is by doing what's called a debt snowball. So a debt snowball is going to be taking inventory of every every debt that you have. So any credit card, if you have multiple credit cards, get those statements out, pull them up online, however you access them, but see, well, what what is the balance? What is my minimum payment? And what is the interest? straight. I want all of those outlined on a spreadsheet or however you want to keep track of them, but I want everything in one place. And then once you've figured out what you have uh, left over each month or what resources you've been able to uh, maybe cut back on your spending to free up, those are the dollars I want to tackle the lowest balance first. Mm-hmm. For most people that seem they're not sure and they get stuck so they just don't do anything, do I go highest interest, do I go lowest balance? But f- as a good rule of thumb, I would encourage people lowest balance. S- every extra dollar goes towards that lowest balance and the rest of those payments are just minimum. Once you've paid off that first debt, take that full payment you were paying on that first debt, throw it on the next one, and just keep going. And that snowball effect. Eventually, you're putting a ton of power uh, at each debt, and you're able to make some really good progress. Some people might feel like, oh, well, I don't have any extra cash flow to put towards that. But you know, one of the things we often see is people taking a shotgun approach to their debt, yeah. where maybe they pay a little bit extra on several different loans, and it just feels like they all kind of maybe slowly drift lower. But what you're describing, Amy, is taking all the extra cash and applying it to one balance. And you're saying it should be the smallest balance first. If you think about that, if you make minimum payments everywhere except for one, and you point all your firepower at just one loan, the balance is just going to melt right before your eyes. And the fun thing is, sometimes you have a, a loan that's out there with a relatively small balance. Like maybe it only takes you a couple months to get that thing completely eliminated, and now you've freed up even more cash flow because that minimum payment can be applied along with all those extra dollars onto the next smallest balance, and you just chew your way through this debt. And I, I really think of it as the most foolproof way for people to get out of debt. 
it's technically not the fastest because there's a there's a bunch of mathematicians out there that are saying, well, shouldn't you do the highest interest rate first? And that is technically the fastest way to get out of debt, but it may not be the most encouraging, the fastest wins. And so the risk is that you you lose heart, you get discouraged because you're not watching some some debts go away completely, never to return. That's really what we're shooting for: our victories here, mm-hmm. celebrations along the way. And then once you deal with the credit card debt, okay, you've 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 gotten off the credit cards, you've gotten the right budget, and you're working your debt snowball to to get to take care of the credit card debt, you then need to have the credit card prevention strategy. And you probably are putting this in place early on if you're working with a certified financial planner like uh, someone on our team at KFG. But then that's the full three bank account system mm-hmm. because the typical reasons why you'd use credit in the first place, they're addressed using a three banking out system. And so you'd really never have to turn back to a credit card again. Absolutely. If if you're struggling to find the initial freed cash flow, those extra payments that you can apply to the smallest debt first, you you may need some help with some budgeting to find those dollars. Maybe you need to postpone some expenditures or reduce some some expenses elsewhere. One one idea that I've seen here recently. Um, we do a lot of tax planning with our clients, and um, last year in 2018, we had a completely different tax code, and a lot of people were holding their breath trying to figure out, am I going to owe more? Is my refund going to be bigger? What is it? Well, now we know. We have a better picture of what each person's tax picture is going to be, and you might be in a decent refund mode. Maybe you have room to adjust some of your withholdings throughout the year to free up that cash flow and get yourself going going quickly on this debt snowball idea. Yeah, that's right. That's right. All right. Well, let's move on. That That's the first and obvious declaration of financial independence that you need to declare if that's a challenge for you or someone that you know. Here's the, the second one is a challenge for all of us. And, and as I've mentioned already, this is how the whole thing started in the first place. What about the second declaration of financial independence that you need to make today is declaring independence from taxes. That, that's not tax fraud you're uh, no, describing, No, right? no, no, no. Legally, Just don't you, pay, legally you, you can't do this to the extreme. But there are ways to pay less tax over your lifetime. So I don't mean in this, like, like we meant with credit cards where it's complete freedom and you're cold turkey, it's done. You can't do that with taxes legally. But, but you can reduce the amount of taxes you pay over your lifetime and taxes can really erode your nest egg over time. So how do you get freedom from that? I think the biggest way to get freedom, because when I think of taxes and what holds people back, the bondage they have with taxes is really just not being proactive. And a lot Mm -hmm. of it's fear-based. People are terrified. I've actually spoken with quite a few people here, even in the last couple of weeks, who still haven't filed their 2018 taxes because they're afraid, what's it going to look like? I know I'm going to owe. They might even have some money set aside because they knew they were going to owe, but they are just terrified to really see what that result is. And now that's putting them behind. Mm -hmm. So I think bondage in this area is fear. And we need to get that shifted from being reactive and just this is what my tax return is to being proactive. Being proactive is what shows you what opportunities you have. It's what allows you to take advantage of those. 
You know, not every tax preparer in our community takes a proactive approach either. And I'm not throwing stones here or anything, but I, I love that word that you said. If, if you're just in reactionary mode, you're just filing your taxes and re- really just remaining in compliance, right? You're just capturing what happened last year on this year's tax return. And um, to, to me, becoming proactive is looking forward to this year. It's running things like tax projections or a forecast of what you think your tax picture is going to look like here for 2019. Because now is the time when you actually have time to, to do something about it. You still have an opportunity to influence what your tax picture is going to be. And a good CPA or certified financial planner should be, those two should actually be collaborating together. And if, if I can brag for a moment about Amy and uh, our, our next generation of financial advisors at Corhorn Financial Group, they're all trained in tax planning right. as well as comprehensive financial planning. They are, we, we've built a better machine here. <laughs> um, but uh, the, the result though is finding anywhere it, it exists in your financial life, the opportunity to improve your tax picture. You need to be taking maybe sometimes a multi-year, maybe even a multi-generational approach to viewing your tax picture so that you're fully utilizing things like tax shelters and tax deductions, that sort of thing, to uh, to just make sure there's not money slipping through the cracks unnecessarily and keeping you, holding you back really in your financial life. I've got my two favorite strategies for avoiding taxes and having independence, freedom from taxes. We've got that and more coming up here on Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group. This is Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group. Do you have financial independence in your life? I'm not just talking about retirement. I'm talking about very specific ways that you can avoid or get out of financial bondage. We're talking about our top four today. Thanks for being with us. This is Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group coming to you from the world headquarters of Corhorn Financial Group and the KFG Studios. My name is Mike Bernard. Here with me, Josh Gregory and Amy Masters. Thank you, Bethel University Adult and Graduate Studies, as well as Diane Bennett and her Inspired Homes team. Thank you very much for being with us um, and for sponsoring the content of today's program. If you have any questions, my hope is we've got a few on the docket here. Uh, My hope is we're getting to those very shortly. Uh, You can call or text 574-222-2000, or you can find us online, wisemoneyradio.com. And lastly, I have no idea when my phone started going off right there. I think I just Siri thought you were talking to her there. I know. I know. Dude, you can't say that word now. Now she's going to start talking to me. Oh. <laughs> um, and then all of our social media, Facebook, YouTube, and, and Twitter, just search Wise Money Show. All right. So second area of financial independence that you need to declare is freedom from taxes. And no, I don't mean that to the extreme. But my two favorite ways to get tax freedom. One is the only way, the only way to truly legally avoid tax, and that is the health savings account. We're not gonna dive into all the details. You might not be eligible for one, but if you are, I would just give you this tip, and maybe you guys can 
add on if you want to, but um, don't fund your HSA just thinking ahead about how much medical expenses you might have this year. Use it as a truly tax planning strategy and a tax planning vehicle. So even if you don't think you're going to have a lot of medical expenses, I've had a couple this year, by the way. That's for a different show. Uh, <laughs> you're falling apart, actually, falling apart. is the right way to say that. Yeah, that's right. Uh, no, fund it based on what you think is appropriate for your overall tax planning need this year and in the future. But then the second, it's not fully tax avoidance, but that's the Roth IRA. The money you contribute to the Roth IRA or 401k, you pay tax on right now. But then the growth on that money, you never pay tax on again. So those are my two favorite. Anything you guys would add or mention or... One thing I will add really quick to the HSA, too, is not only can you avoid uh, some federal and state taxes, but if you can contribute through payroll, now we're also avoiding payroll taxes, too. So there's an, another way to even avoid a little bit more in tax. That's, yep. Yep. She's a ninja. That's right. And and payroll tax, if you say, eh, no, I don't pay that. No, that's FICA. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. that's... Uh, Federal Insurance Contribution Act. That's FICA. So, all right. The third declaration. Ooh, now this one's controversial, especially right now. But it's wisdom, I'm going to tell you. You need to declare independence from stock market volatility. This one's hard to do. And you might, I'll say that again. Declare independence from stock market volatility. Now, what does that mean? Does that mean I should just put it all in the bank or put it all in a tin can in the backyard or under my mattress? Actually, no. It's independence from the fear and the the reaction to the ups and downs of the stock market. So There are some financial professionals out there, though, that try to match that protecting yourself, insulating yourself from the fear of the stock market by selling you a financial product. Um, there are annuity products out there, for example, that they, they literally can use the G word, the guarantee word that we use very infrequently because we don't want to overpromise and underdeliver. But um, there are products out there that their, their great selling point is, oh, you don't have to worry about them declining when the stock market falls. You can get some of the upside of the stock market without any of the downside risk. And they sound amazing. And um, I, I'll be honest with you, they may even sound really, really appealing at a time when you're most fearful of the stock market. When the stock market starts getting more volatile, you may think, man, I need to lock this thing down. I need to get everything into safe investments that we'll never lose. And you may actually be uh, taking away some of your growth potential for the for the long term. And so I would just encourage you that if you're if you're feeling like fear is driving your decisions in any way, Make sure that you are sitting down with a financial advisor to match your investments up with the need that they are um, structured to, to try to solve. So if these are retirement dollars and retirement's a long way out in the future, then it's appropriate to have long-term investments at that time. But on the other hand, if you have some needs that are a year or two out, those are probably investment dollars that shouldn't even be invested. They should be somewhere safe, maybe in a bank or, or somewhere stable, because you never know in the short term what the, the stock market's volatility is going to bring. Mm-hmm. 
That's exactly right. And anytime that we have a lot of volatility in the market, this this conversation I'm having all the time with people, uh, especially younger people, because they grew up when their parents were kind of experiencing the 08 experience. They're like, I don't want anything to do with the market or market volatility. I have seen so many 401ks sitting in cash. And the risk with that, a lot of times people think the risk of investing is the risk of taking risk by being in the market, but really there's actually a risk of not taking enough risk. And I think that sometimes people lose sight of that. And in reality, if that is really the strategy you want to go with, you just have to be prepared to save a lot more dollars for those goals if you want to bear the burden on your own shoulders rather than letting the market kind of help you along the way. You know, I want to go so far as to say that especially those young people that you were just referring to, Amy, um, if they are fearful of the stock market, they need to retrain their brain to think of this differently. When the stock market is down, it is just like going to the store and seeing your favorite pair of jeans or that amazing dress on sale. And now's the time to be buying when the market is down, right? Yeah. And so for you, the stock market decline could be one of the greatest gifts. You know, that these things happen every so many years. It's a normal thing. Stock market kind of resets itself periodically, and it can be very fearful, and it can drive a lot of emotions. But when you make emotional decisions, you're either going to miss opportunities or you're going to create mistakes for yourself. Either one can be prevented if you're working with someone who's who has you focused on your long-term financial plan and how this volatility either does or doesn't really have an impact on that long-term strategy. I've had more and more instances where people, just because of the yield curve and the other things going on in the economy, that people are asking for a second opinion or some insight on, well, how would you invest right now without going or without wanting to go through the financial planning process. Mm. I don't know how you can do it. I really don't. Because in the short term, the market's going to travel like a leaf in a hurricane. You have no idea. I have no idea where it could go. So should you be more conservative? I don't know. Should you be more aggressive? I don't know. How I do know is based on your financial plan and your financial needs. If you are someone on the cusp of retirement and you've got money that you're gonna be spending within the next few years, yep, now's a great time to get conservative with that money. But if you're on the cusp of of retirement, you still have three decades or four decades left on this planet. That's still a long time. Mm -hmm. So you should have a good amount in short term, but then also a good amount still in growth mode. And so finding that right balance people are more concerned about right now the answer is in your financial plan. Mm-hmm. Working with a certified financial planner in your financial plan. So, all right, let's start introducing this next one. We'll we'll, we'll have to um, pick it up again. But all right, the common the common way people are trying to achieve financial independence, and we want you to declare this today is financial independence from a paycheck. Yeah, and I don't think you're saying we all need to rush out and give a two weeks notice that we're just done, right? We're, we're not necessarily saying that you're done working. We're just saying, w- what if you were working because you want to, not because you have to? Mm-hmm. That truly is what financial independence is. Um, t- to me, I-, I want you in a position where if you had to walk away from that paycheck, 
um, you're financially okay for the rest of your life. Yep. If not, then you still are dependent on a paycheck, and there's nothing wrong with that. Work is is a great thing, especially if it's something that energizes you and fuels you. But there's a difference between those who have to work and would be sunk financially if that last paycheck really was your last paycheck. All right, we're going to break that down a little bit more. Plus, we've got a great question from Lindsay coming up about how to manage some debt. That and more coming up here on Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group. This is Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group. Wise Money is brought to you by the attorneys at South Bank Legal, First State Bank, Diane Bennett and the Inspired Homes team, and Bethel University Adult and Graduate Studies. If you're working on paying off debt, which which one do you tackle first? We've sort of addressed that in the first part of the program. We've got a great question from Lindsay we're going to hit in just a moment to address that more specifically. This is Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group. Thank you so much for being with us. Coming to you from the KFG studios, my name is Mike Bernard. And along with me here, Josh Gregory and Amy Masters. If you've missed anything, we are talking about the four declarations of financial independence that you need to declare today and start taking steps towards being independent from these from these things. Um, if you've missed anything, you can catch all of that in really every previous episode a few different ways. My favorite is the YouTube channel, so you can go there, just search Wise Money Show on YouTube. I would encourage you hit that bell down there for notifications as well as subscribe to it so you are notified when every a new whenever a a new episode drops or any other content as well. You can also submit questions right there, but um, subscribing to it, uh, sharing it, all of that. I would encourage you to do so. Podcast is is second, and I'm going to ask you to do me a favor there as well. Wherever you listen to podcasts, subscribe to our show, Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group, but then rate the show. Doing so helps it um, be more searchable when others are looking for podcasts or content that uh, shares wise financial principles. And so I'd encourage you to do that. Do us that favor. And that really helps other people find us. And it helps us also know uh, what content you like and so that we can deliver more of that. And then lastly, you can catch every previous episode right there on the website, wisemoneyradio.com. There's a media player right there. You can listen to everything right there while you're working or whatever you're doing online. You can even submit a question right there on right so all right let's wrap up this idea of of declaring financial independence and this fourth area is really the quintessential financial independence and that is being independent from a paycheck someday so we're not going to dive into all of that that full process but what are some additional thoughts with how you can declare independence from a paycheck I think it's all the decisions along the way. So some of the things I, I think about is the, the house you buy. You know, are you buying a house on the low end of the budget or a house that might uh, make things tight? You just made it so you're you're more reliant on that paycheck for a longer period of time or the car you buy or, you know, all these decisions, they can really add up. And, you know, I've had clients, they've, they've made some sacrifices. They, you know, it wasn't easy by any means, but yeah, maybe they bought the smaller house or the the used car rather than the new car. They, they've made some of those decisions that now he was able to take his dream 
dream job and he didn't worry about the pay. And she was able to dial back her hours so she could spend more time with the kids. They were able to do that because they're not reliant on their paychecks like they could have easily been. Mm. That That's part of the reason why getting an early start is so important because mm. it is fun to watch those who maybe get uh, to a certain point in their parenting and they say, you know what, we want to go from two incomes down to one because we have a limited number of years left with the kids and, and we want to have more time as a family. We want to have more uh, one-on-one uh, w- with them. And not everyone is financially capable of making that decision because they didn't do the early work to get a a quick jump on their financial freedom. They didn't make those sacrificial decisions that you were referring to, Amy. Maybe they could have afforded a bigger house, but they chose to, to stay with a more modest one. And that is giving them options that many people don't have. So none of this is going to be clear to you if you don't have a true picture, a a clear picture of what your financial reality is today, and really uh, someone to help you define what that financial future could or should look like. And that's really what financial planning is all about. So for some of you, if you're inspired today by the, the idea of financial independence, whatever that looks like in your life, but you don't know what your next step is, I'll tell you what it is. Your next step is to start building a financial plan. Seek out the help of a certified financial planner. If you can't find one, you know there's a whole house full of them at Corhorn Financial Group. We would love to serve you. Love to hear more of your story. Feel free to reach out to us at your convenience. All right. All right. Let's uh, shift gears here. We've got uh, a, a decent queue here of questions from fans of the show. So let's take the first one, which is from Lindsay. And uh, here's what she asked. How do you know what debt to pay off first? Is it the smallest amount or the one with the highest interest rate? I'm sure it depends on the person's situation, but it can be overwhelming to think where to start when being when you're young and you have student loans and mortgage and car payment and maybe medical bills as well. So so where do you start? Amy, you sort of addressed that earlier in the context of getting free from credit cards, but Lindsay's question brings it even higher, mortgage, car payments, student loans, medical bills. Um, how do you know where to start? Yeah, absolutely. So I would encourage you that idea of the debt snowball. So credit cards should be on that list, but so should your student loans and the car payment. You know, have all of that on that debt snowball and still focus on that smallest balance first. So like we said, have minimum payments on everything and have uh, your full power behind that smallest balance. Once you've paid that off, focus on the next until you're really able to make a lot of momentum on that debt. You know, a certified financial planner could also get into the details with you because sometimes you have two or three balances that are all similar amount, right? And and maybe you tip the scales towards one over another just because of some factor like which one's going to free up the biggest monthly payment if it goes away faster or which one is the highest interest rate. You may even look at just the risk level associated with the debt. You know, I, I think of student loans as inherently more risky than many other forms of debt just simply because there's no reprieve from them even if you were disabled and couldn't make payments anymore. Bankruptcy doesn't protect you from student loan debt like it could other forms of, of debt. So th- this is where uh, the, the strategy of uh, a 
a debt snowball or even a debt avalanche approach is maybe the base that we begin building from. It's the foundation. It's it's our default. That's where our instincts are. But sometimes they need to be tweaked a little bit, and that needs to be customized to your financial situation and what your goals are. We have a tool that we use um, when we're serving folks, helping them with that snowball and all that, where we can quickly toggle between lowest balance first or highest interest rate or lowest payment or highest payment, or, hey, we just want to have it paid all the debt. We want to have it paid off five years from today. So what would we? What strategy would we need to do? And so you can very quickly get visibility over the different paths to take. But as Josh and Amy both mentioned earlier, well, that's all information and it sort of feels good but you want someone who's walking that path with you so that when you trip or when you get discouraged or when life throws a curveball at you, you can stay on the course and and keep making progress. Absolutely. In fact, that's one of the reasons why I would encourage you to have your debt snowball or your path towards debt-free living have it so visible it might even be worthy of being on the refrigerator and as you make payments you watch those balance melt right before your eyes i want you celebrating every payment that you make on each debt because you're one step closer not just every time a debt goes away yeah another thing with having that coach to help you i have a client that we were working on this debt snowball idea and they came in and they were discouraged because they didn't put uh, the amount we said we were going to on a, uh, a debt that they were focused on. But instead, what they did, they had an emergency happen. They paid cash for it. Yeah. I said, guys, no, that was huge. Yeah. Because then before it, before it would have just gone on the credit card. It would have just uh, set them back. But instead, they were able to kind of take things as they came. And that coach can kind of help you kind of look at things in perspective, too, because that was still a huge victory for them. All right. So we're, we're running out of time to, to take the next uh, question. So I just want to speak to another group of you right now. Those of you who don't struggle with credit card debt, but are using credit cards. Now, if this was the Rave Damsey show, he would <laughs> yell at you. He would swear at you maybe and say, you can't use them. Some of you are playing the game to get the points and get the rewards and so on. And as long as you have the discipline, I, I don't know what you guys think, but I'm okay with it. As long as you have the discipline where you are working a budget, you've got a three bank account system, you got the emergency fund. If you put all your discretionary spending or variable spending on the credit card and you pay it off every month. I'm, o I'm okay with that personally. It's just a slippery slope. Any quick words or comments on that? I agree. I mean, the studies have shown that you're more likely to spend more money if you're using a credit card, just because it doesn't feel like spending money. You may yeah. be you may be just a little more loose with the, the dollars. So uh, it, as you said, it's a slippery slope. You need to be really disciplined as you would with cash or writing a check as well. Yep. All right. Thanks, Amy, for being with us. Uh, Amy's going to join us again next week, so be sure to catch that. On behalf of Josh Gregory, Amy Masters, myself, and all of us at Corhorn Financial Group, have a great weekend. We'll see you next Saturday for Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group. Securities offered through Silver Oak Securities, member FINRA slash SIPC. Advisory services offered through KFG Wealth Management, LLC. Doing business as Corhorn Financial Group. KFG Wealth Management, LLC and Silver Oak Securities Incorporated companies are unaffiliated.